Is there anything else you want to add? Um, yeah, stay away. Don't don't come <laughs> to see me. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> Welcome to In the Weeds with Nicole Asquith, exploring the way culture shapes our relationship to the natural world. That's Brian Skarstad at the top of this episode. I interviewed him back in my fourth episode, The Violin Maker. If you haven't listened to it yet, you might want to go back and listen to it first. Skarstad is a world-class violin maker who has worked with musicians all over the world and handled many famous violins, including the Red Violin, the Stradivarius that inspired a movie by that name. In episode four, I talked to him about tone wood and the many details that influence the sound of a violin, and muse about the relationship between music and the trees. I touched base with Skarstad recently for the third of my socially distanced episodes. Brian and I live in the same village, Pleasantville, New York. A couple of times in our conversation, we refer to things Pleasantville such as the Jacob Burns Film Center. I've added some links to the episode notes so you can have a better idea of what we're talking about. We also talk about how this time of relative isolation is affecting our relationship to music. In that spirit, I've included a song at the end of the episode that my husband, Dave Larzalier, recently recorded in our attic. You've heard some of his music before. The intro and outro to my episodes borrow a piece from a song he recorded for his album. Sweet Science, under the name Dave Lear. So how are you? <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, it's a huge change. In, in a lot of ways, I hate to say it, it's a good change in the sense that my workshop is full of many projects that I just haven't been able to get to. I had had one cello here for a couple of years even, a very complicated restoration project on a on a 19th century cello, mid-19th century cello, which I, you know, as soon as everything got locked up, I was able to just go full steam ahead on that. And that was, that's really fun for me. That's That's the best thing when the phone isn't ringing and people aren't coming in. Not that I mind that, but I, I'm able to do these long-term, very difficult wood grafting projects where I can, you know, in this case, I was returning this old, completely decrepit instrument into a professional cello again, which I was able to finish. And I took it to the musician's house and dropped it off in their driveway up in Connecticut. Of course, they knew that it was coming, uh, but I didn't have the satisfaction of having them play it and say it was great which they did, you know, uh, later on the phone. But um, so things like that are good. But I miss, uh, you know, I work with my son. I've been working with him for 12 or 13 years, and he's he's the heart and the soul of this shop. He's really a great violin maker, and he can't come because he's social distancing up in his house up in Beacon. So I don't know. It's good and bad. You know, I've been working with a violin workshop in China just before all this happened, and and I just got a number of really, really great violins that I think are just some of the best violins I've ever gotten, sort of in the in the commercial, you know, 
level, but now here I am sitting on top of them. I can't, you know, what do you do with them? Mm. And when, when can I ever show people violins? Is that the end of it? When can you really trust that people are healthy or that I'm healthy and not infecting people? And I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a really, it's a tricky time. Yeah. Well, and you have the advantage of working solo in a workshop so you can get the work done there. But on the other end, musicians are sort of stuck for the time being, right? I mean, they can practice well, on that's their right. own. But... I have a lot of people who are out of work. You know, there are a lot of things I do to keep their instruments going, rehear their bows and adjust their, you know, the sound of their instrument. But if I if I'm adjusting the instrument for sound, they have to be here. I can't do that remotely. We both need to sit over the instrument and make certain adjustments. You know, it is peak sound for whatever the, the weather's like and the humidity and the temperature and all that. Violence can be tricky, but I can't do that now. And and plus, I mean, you know, we all have these stories, but one of my oldest and dearest customers, clients, passed away from this. He oh, really? in a big orchestra in the city and, and a, you know, famous musician and he didn't make it. Oh, so. I'm so hard. sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's getting to that stage where it's touching all of us personally, isn't it? It is. It really is. You know, for a while it, it, at the beginning, you know, you think, well, okay, I'm like an old fashioned violin shop. I can just hunker down and be, uh, you know, be in the 18th century again. But, then you know you want to click your heels and say let's go let's go back enough of this yeah enough of this yeah, yeah. It's, it was fun and everything but now it's not fun yeah 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 so but you're trying to make that still trying to make the best of it with lots of you know working on i i oftentimes don't have enough time to work on new instruments and that's what i'm doing and when everything clears up i'll have things that i've made that are out there and so you just do you do what you can Mm -hmm. do you think this is going to affect the way that people play and listen to music at all do you think that there's a a return a little bit to music in the home as opposed to in public spaces well i know that a lot of people are are playing in their homes i mean i'm getting lots of reports of people they need certain things that i can give them curbside service on because they're all playing music. I mean, even me, I, you know, I'm playing the violin all day long, just testing violins and taking them around the track. But, you know, some afternoons I'll just pick up some of my, you know, one of my favorite instruments and stand at my window overlooking Wheeler Avenue and play just for fun. Mm-hmm. And I thought, when's the last time I just played for fun? So I think, yeah, I, I do think people are getting a little more, thoughtful about their lives. It seems like it's one of the things that's giving people solace. Dave, my husband, is playing guitar a lot, and he's actually started recording songs again. He pinched my microphones. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right, right. (laughs) You said return to the 18th century, and one of the things that that makes me think of is, you know, we forget that for so long before recorded music, all music was live, and it was often yeah. played in a very intimate setting, too. It wasn't necessarily about virtuosity so much as a, a much more intimate relationship, and one wonders. Another example that comes to mind is in Italy when people would 
stand on their balconies and sing together. There's been a little bit of, there was a YouTube video in, in Pleasantville. I don't know if you saw that, of somebody who performed on Broadway in Les Miserables, and they did a version of that social distancing. You know? <laughs> so it's interesting to see the kinds of performances that are coming out of this uh, right. situation. Well, it's sort of, uh, I, I think, I think that, although I, I'm dealing a lot with, I mean, uh, I have, you know, thousands of people who come to me and each one, you know, treats music in a different way. So I have everybody from the world's best Irish players to, you know, the players who come to me from Israel and playing the, the, the big klezmer orchestras and things like that. So everybody is you know, whether they're playing in, in smoky, well, not smoky bars anymore, but uh, Irish bars or, uh, you know, klezmer weddings. I mean, everybody, it's a joyful thing to do, playing the violin. A lot of people are really joyful playing it. That's one of the reasons I like being in this business anyway. So I, I agree. I, I think I, what I'm seeing, and I haven't really thought about it, but sort of filtering down to where the the kids who are being encouraged, overly encouraged to play the violin, they don't really want to play it. I mean, I'm seeing kids, some kids, they want to play. Suddenly it's, you know, life is boring and there's only so much screen time and let's let's see what I can do on the violin. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. It's interesting to see what matters when things get stripped down, right? I'm, I'm reading right, right now this post-apocalyptic novel. I'm doing a series on on the apocalyptic for the podcast and you know of course this is fiction but it's a it's a genre that has been well imagined over and over and one of the things that emerges is music that that's one of the things that people cling to in a more reduced state of reality and i think that that's that's bearing out i mean right it's sort of a personal when when we're all sort of socially uh, isolated Suddenly, it does become personal, doesn't it? It's uh, less of a performance-based thing, and it's more a meditative thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that may be a fundamental change. And whether that sticks with us, well, I, I think that depends on how long this goes. Yeah, I'm looking around at the detritus of my, you know, of all the things I've been doing for the last. How many years? Forty years doing this, uh, the old instruments, and I, you know, I'm just sort of thinking, well, there's a new set of conditions here, and violin makers all through history have faced new sets of conditions, whether it was a world war or, you know, whatever in Europe and and uh, Russia. There, there are stories of violin makers in all those places, and so I just have to figure out. Of course, I'm living in Westchester where the rent is high and the mortgages are high and taxes are high, so it's a little different. But I have to figure out, I, I think there will be a reorganization or a, a redefinition of what I do. It may still be the same kind of thing, but it may not be that I can adjust the instruments of people in the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra because, number one, there is no Metropolitan Opera anymore. They're, they're out, but I can... You know, I get instruments from different shops around the country that need more complicated restorations, and we do that kind of thing for different shops. And so maybe that's where we go. Maybe that's what we end up emphasizing. Right. So, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, we'll we'll see. Every day is different. I, I think about, I think about, you know, the new definition every day, and I'm not mm. sure what that means. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a living in the present that is imposed on us 
whether we want it or not, right? Well, that's right. You know, my, my landlord wants his rent check. So that's that's the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I find myself waking up like feverishly working on my to-do list. And then by the afternoon, you know, some of it has happened, some of it hasn't happened. But right. I'm, right. I'm outside right. gardening in order to, you know, not strangle my children or something like right. that. Like right, there's, right, There's a, an immediacy that is imposed on us both for for better and for worse. Well, yeah, well, you know, I'm the happiest, I guess, when I'm sitting in my workshop and smelling the smells and looking at the stuff and my tools that I, I've i lived with for many years. They're just like extensions of my arms, even if I'm not as pushed or rushed as I usually am. And I usually am. I, I, I'm working at 100 miles an hour on and juggling 10 balls. And now that's not the case. And there's something wonderful about that. And I, I like sitting here and contemplating. I have, I'm have i fixing a violin for somebody now that I got before all this happened. And it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's not a great violin. And I, she just wants me to get it ready to go so she can sell it for not a lot of money. But I am doing a major restoration on this violin. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all unpaid, you know, graph. And uh, all sorts of fancy things. And I won't even tell her. But it's kind of fun to do, and I have the time to do it. So mm. oh, That's lovely. It, yeah. Are, are there lessons or habits that you hope people will take away from this experience once it's over? Hmm. I think... Uh, well, I don't know. In the national sense, I think I, I'm sort of an avid science reader, and I I work with people in China. So I, I saw this coming a long time ago, certainly in January. And I think I think maybe what this all has taught us is that, you know, science means something. And um, I think we, we should all just assume that our day-to-day lives can change, whether it's climate change or pandemics, things can change. And I think that that's sort of is going to make us appreciate our life when it gets back to whatever state of normalcy it is. If the Burns opens up again, uh, when the Burns opens up again, I'm going to appreciate sitting in the movie in the Burns. Yeah. And, um, and and when, you know, when concerts open up again, won't that be nice to be with a group of people again? I think we'll never, ever take that for granted. Again, it's like people who lived through the Depression. You know, my elders who lived through the Depression, sometimes I just shook my head, just, okay, all right, yeah, it was a bad time, stop. You know, don't keep bringing it up. But now I get it, you know, things can change radically when you least expect it. I'm looking forward to the day when I could meet Brian again in his studio or hang out with him on his front stoop. But in the meantime, we'll keep connecting at a distance. Coming up, I have a socially distanced episode with Amy Hall of Eileen Fisher more on the apocalyptic, and other things to look forward to. Take care and be back with you soon.
I'll snap back mama and give me a kiss So you don't want to end it like this Oh, you don't want to end it like this I got the blues so bad I can feel them in my fingertips Well now you said some things Well I said some too If I could take them all back Well that's what I'd do If I could take them all back It's what I do I got the blues so bad I can feel them from my head to my shoes Forgive and forget is what the people all say. Forgetfulness has never been my way. Forgetfulness has never been my way. I got so dark in my mind that I can't tell the night from the day. So come on and snap back, mama, and show me a smile. Well, I haven't seen one in such a long, long while. Oh, I haven't seen one in such a long, long while. I got the blues so bad to make a cyclone squall seem my own. 